You're listening to the Static Podcast on Static and Distortion. To yet another episode of Static and the Static Podcast, uh, brought to you by your friends at Static and Distortion. Um, I'm Chris. I'm John. I'm Robert. And tonight was my pick, so I'm going to do the introduction. You'll notice that it's really good because it's a John's proper introduction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, tonight's pick, our artist of the week, is going to be Woody Guthrie. Um, I feel like we haven't done uh, enough 1930s Dust Bowl folk <laughs> artists. We haven't f- featured anything. the state of Oklahoma enough. <laughs> Oklahoma has not been properly represented. So to all of our Oklahoma fans, you're welcome. Um, we'll be talking about that, but we're also here to love and laugh. So do that in that order while you listen to this oh. podcast. I, th- I like to imagine a lot of people use this as like kind of background music, not background music, but background noise while they're making passionate love. Oh, um, that's a, I love that. That's really nice. Like um, lights <laughs> down low, candles lit, mm-hmm. um, satin sheets, satin lingerie. Sheets. And then yeah, they like, hear, hey, everybody, it's time for the news. I don't have my ukulele. It's down. You don't have your ukulele. Oh, Go get your ukulele. dude, it's I, been someone, a someone out there just fucking bad mind. day. Okay. So. Here, say it real quick. Hey, everybody, it's time for the news. Ring. There you go. There. That's not a. That's so. That's that's like a phone. That's like a ringtone. It's <laughs> like an '80s phone. <laughs> uh, it's been bad. No, just go. <laughs> okay. Um, I really don't think there's been a lot of music news this past week. Heck yeah, um, there is. John, I mean, John, there's been albums that have come out, but John has something to dispute that with. Apparently, all right, go for it. Well, I mean, this is a great segue from our last episode about Slater Kenny, but um, they are selling Janet Weiss. Weiss? I don't know if it's Weiss or Weiss. I think it's Weiss. I think Weiss, I'm going to say Weiss. German. That's Janet Weiss. Weiss. Um, <laughs> they're selling her drumsticks. And if you buy her drumsticks, it comes with a free download of a drumless version of their song, Bury Our Friends. So you can play along at home. It's kind of interesting. Yeah. Interactive, you know, fan stuff. So, yeah. Go buy her Promark um, drumsticks from her tour. I think they're signed. And uh, they're limited edition, and um, you can play drums. I just play air drums usually, or or steering wheel drums. That's yeah, steering wheel drums. They're my favorite. I'm pretty good I, at it too. I am. I am really with. I. I am. I'm so rhythmically challenged. Like I'm. I'm really great. Don't get me wrong. It's because like, you're white. On, no, no, no. Let me explain. <laughs> uh, I'm brilliant. You don't listen to enough rhythm. Pop. No, I'm, I'm really brilliant at keeping rhythm for like a minute, 
And then once that minute marker occurs, I become very conscious. Like like when you realize you're breathing. So you oh, know. Oh, yeah. Right? <laughs> so that's what's going on. So as soon as I become conscious, like, oh, yeah, I'm keeping rhythm really well, I just completely fuck it up. And I get off time. And it's, off on, it's like that on guitar and when I play piano and the same thing. Like I need that metronome there. Um, otherwise, uh, after a minute, I become conscious. Like, am I really in time? And then I'm also <laughs> suddenly I'm not. <laughs> so um, the reason I'm bringing this up is when I'm in the car, I don't even try it because then it becomes a challenge to see how long I can keep rhythm for. And that's especially because you're driving at the same time. <laughs> yeah, and and driving faster depending on the uh, the tempo. <laughs> so, so Robert, as a car drummer. Um, do you have certain spots on the wheel that are, that represent the symbols and oh yeah um, fuck yeah. And, yeah um yeah depends on depends on the song but typically my snare is the top of the steering wheel and then the um the kick drum is you know if you're doing 10 and 2 the snare the would break. be like 11 or 12 somewhere in that 11:30ish yeah and then the kick drum is around two thirty. Um, and then, and then, uh, cymbal crashes are usually around you know like five o'clock. So I do that, and then I hit, I slap from the bottom for the cymbal yeah, crash. Yeah, I know. And then, all. and then hi hat is usually around like nine thirty or ten. Somebody out there is laughing at my joke. I, so. It was funny, Chris. It was actually funny. Okay. Yeah. You don't have to. Slap yeah, from dude. the bottom. Finally got his erection back. Ready to, ready to roll. Speaking of which, Miley of Cyrus is ready stuff? to get married. So what? Yeah. <laughs> are we are we sinking as low as to talk about Miley Cyrus right now? No. I mean, there's literally no fucking news going on. Like, I can I'm talk about some news. news. Kanye West news. announced the new uh, name of his album. So help me God. He did a sold out show in London recently. Action Bronson has been releasing singles from his new album. Uh, fucking you two are a bunch of douchebags and they regret releasing and pushing that new album upon everybody. But they did <laughs> All say that it's a granola company. All in notes is suing a fucking granola company. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Wilson is going to do a summer tour with former Beach Boy members. That's awesome. There's a Brian Wilson autobiography movie coming out with uh, Paul Dano and uh, John Cusack. I mean, none of this is really news, though, is it? But but what do you consider news? Chris Brown's daughter's name. (sighs) Royalty. I hate you. That's fine. Chris just has been reading TMZ all day. Because I can't watch it at work. Because the Wiggles have a new special out. Yeah. Yeah. Called Wiggle House. Not going to be creepy and (laughs) off-putting. Miles loves the Wiggles. Wiggles. I will. I will not tolerate that show in my house. Why not? Either creeps the fuck out of me. It's it's not the worst thing that you can watch. It is the worst thing you can watch. I can name it's a bunch. N- of I mean, stuff it's not us. like detrimental to kids. I don't think like it's not teaching bad lessons, right? So it's not Caillou, but it is just. I think there's just something on a very base, primal level that if a human watches that show, they their instinct should be fear. Why? Like this, because it's so terrifying. 
Why? Chris and I have not talked about this in advance, but I get the exact same response to that show. But that's it's just, so weird because it me just pisses me off. Dude singing songs. That's it. No, it's not. No, that's not what it is. What I, is if it? you play you their songs backwards, songs. you, yeah. John, you're excluded from the conversation. Chris. <laughs> no, I agree I with John. I think there's two types of people in this world. I think there's a type of people that see something like the Wiggles and they immediately instinctually know that they are in danger. But you're not explaining why. Because it's an evolutionary trait in normal people. No, you're not explaining why. The second type of person doesn't see anything wrong with it because they haven't evolved uh, enough to realize when they're in danger. But you're not explaining why. That's not an explanation. An explanation of evolution inducing fear, no. So if you walk down like a dark alley, I would understand like a, fear. Yes. Yeah. That's but if the, I see four dudes singing me a song. So, okay. <laughs> so like, say I, like, you're watching Nancy Grace. Okay. Are, what is your immediate response? I to don't Nancy like her. Grace? I want to Why? punch her in the, in the face because she's abrasive and mm-hmm. she's caustic, mm-hmm. but and she's careless with her. I don't fear her. I do, and that's the difference. Because so many people hang on her words, and they're such stupid words. <laughs> I guess I guess I'm not seeing the the difference. I I I, I guess I'm one of like, those people that you're like saying are not involved. Like, again, I'm not saying that kids shouldn't watch <laughs> Wiggles. I'm just they saying definitely shouldn't that, watch Caillou. Yeah, Caillou is bad for kids. Caillou has bad lessons that teaches bad things. Wiggles are just going to fucking come at you in your nightmares, Freddy Krueger style, and destroy your psyche. I guess I just don't see it. You you don't yet. I, I we've he's been watching it for months now. I just don't see it. It's one of those things that later in life, you know, you you you'll get a complex about it, and suddenly you won't be able to eat pears anymore, and you won't know why. And after years of therapy, it'll be like, oh, it's because I watched the fucking Wiggles. Maybe that's why I'm allergic to apples. That's very possible. Moving on. <laughs> so Hollow Notes is suing a granola company because they called one of their product lines Holland Oats, like you know, like Holland like ass. Holly, like your Holland. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah, like your Holland ass. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, also. If, it, if they should really sue anybody that's using that too, <laughs> probably. <laughs> but um, I don't know if you guys know this about me, but I'm a Hall Notes fan. You are it's... a diehard, dyed in the wool Hall Notes fan. Well, I guess I should say I'm a Hall Notes radio hits fan. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get that from me and Robert. Sorry. I no, I not. actually am a radio hits fan of Hall Notes. Yeah, I have a I have a mix right. CD that I made about ten years ago. It says the only songs I like Apollo Notes. I just <laughs> put Randy's Valentine's uh, mix together, and there are two Hollow Notes songs on there. So, but I will say, I mean, I, I casually like Hollow Notes. I guess I'm a fan. You know, I like their radio hits, but the song "She's Gone" is one of my favorite songs of all time. Yeah. Which I think is a cover. Is that a cover? I think that's a cover. Uh, I'm not sure. I don't know. All notes, everybody. <laughs> Which one do you identify more with, John? I 
Daryl Hall is the white guy, right? They're both white guys. They're both pretty one white. Is, one has darker skin and a mustache and very curly hair. Um, if this is all really offensive, I'm sorry. I've had most of a bottle of wine tonight. <laughs> so, so, so something you should know about Robert is he's that uncle in your family that seems kind of okay but then has a bottle of wine and suddenly it's like i don't like the colored one from hall and oats <laughs> pretty much sorry if that's offensive <laughs> i don't i don't want to offend anybody but but black but... people <laughs> but no i this is i guess this is just a misconception apparently my wiggle brain can't get past it <laughs> I'm not going to let that go because I honestly do not see a problem with it. But um, apparently my wiggle-fied brain does not I, – I was generally under conception that one was a white guy and one was like a black guy or a Latino or something of a different ethnicity. With the last name of Oates. Dude, you can marry – you can marry different people. So I am now on – I Googled searched – is Hall and Oates black? That was my Google search. That's the, a... <laughs> the, t- <laughs> the top result was Jeez. was John Oates black. <laughs> the website that this is hosted on is socialanxietysupport.com. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's Italian, turns out. So. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> he has the olive skin of the Mediterranean. <laughs> this is the worst. This is the best conversation ever. It's really I I just I like people to be informed. I then thank you very much for that. You're you're very welcome. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe go fuck yourself. I don't know I think, right now. I I I think you have a, I think after this podcast you're going to go home and have a lot to think about, Robert. <laughs> I already am home. <laughs> all right so without further ado uh tonight's episode is really about woody guthrie who has always been um a staple in my music uh library um always something i can put on it's it's one of those he's one of those few artists that i can always throw on and listen to regardless of my mood if i'm super super depressed or even slightly depressed I can, those are my two moods. Um, I will always, always be, I will always be down to listen to really any Woody Guthrie song. It's always something that is just enjoyable for me, regardless of where I am or or how I'm feeling. Um, For those who don't know, Woody Guthrie, uh, singer-songwriter, really um, kind of invented the um, resurgence of the folk music. Like, he kind of really established what folk music is, what we think of folk music is today. Um, in the late 20s and 30s, uh, he was touring, and they couldn't really come up with a term to describe what he was playing. And it was traditionalist slash hillbilly. Um, this later became, you know, after his time in Greenwich, uh, you know, the folk revival mu- uh, movements, and this became folk music. So when you look at like indie music today and like folk rock and people who describe their their music having folk roots, 
it's not what Woody Guthrie did, but it's as, as close to that sound that exists today. And it's, it's, he, I think more than any other artist, um, inspired this, this huge, huge genre and breakout in music from country to Western to, to, uh, what we have today with indie, indie rock. And, um, he, uh, he, he became kind of known and notable in the thirties, uh, late thirties, um, after his, uh, you know, whole Dust Bowl uh, movement, and and he had these very political songs, or songs that were interpreted very uh, with very political messages, and he inspired um, a great many uh, musicians of the '60s. Uh, Bob Dylan included Pete Seeger, um, and and really kind of countless others. So he's this huge staple of uh, American um, music. And uh, very, very important. So if you haven't ever listened to Woody Guthrie, really do it more from like a documentarian standpoint, if nothing else. Like you kind of owe it to music to at least check it out, even if that's not your thing. um, And it doesn't have to be at all. Um, It's I think it has this really great historical value to it that, um, you know, for the same reason you would listen to like a Lead Belly or, you know, Blind Willie McTell or something, you should kind of have an understanding of, of where where music comes from. Well, and it's, um, it's interesting, too, because you mentioned those artists that were influenced by, by uh, Woody Guthrie. And a lot of those artists are also big influences on, on future generations as well, like a Dylan or, or something like that. And yeah. it's like when, when you do that look back at the history of music – the look back period um there's a a lot of people just stop by the way you're welcome you're welcome um when people i was gonna let that go (laughs) (laughs) and then you couldn't um which was exactly the point that's exactly how that played out in my mind so thank you um but when you when you look back and a lot of people especially if they're looking at younger artists or um you know even now i mean Dylan has influenced people who have influenced people. It's like the second or third generation now. And we always look back and we stop at Dylan because that was where kind of the beginning of the pop music that we know today is. You know, the pop and rock started from and shortly thereafter. But if you take it a step back further, exactly what you just said, you're, he's really the source. He's like the, the granddaddy of all uh, of that folk, you know, which, which has influenced so many people in, in rock as well. And it's hard to do that with really any genre, um, especially when you look back at, you know, Americana and, and things like that. If you look at blues is such an amalgamated coming together of so many different artists and, um, and, and areas of the country and sources over a period of time. But if you, if you could pinpoint like the start of all this with folk, like, yeah, like it, it's pretty much Woody Guthrie. That's, that's that's where it starts, and it evolves and it changes from there. Um, but he uh, he did it kind of. He put it together really first, and you really could not have picked a better person to put it together with the songs that he was writing and the messages that were in his songs. Um, that carried, and, and, and I don't mean to gloss over this. Um, but he lived at a very political time, um, you know, with the Dust Bowl, World War Two, and then, um, you know, the Red Scare kind of starting after that, you know, 
following World War II, a lot of political things going on, and he would write these very, um, not very subtle songs about, you know, um, anti-fascist songs, anti-capitalist songs, um, pro-working class, things that became like these just very identifiable and relatable anthems for so many Americans. And it's really easy to point to probably what is his most famous song, um, This Land is Your Land, a song we we still sing in elementary school. Like we would sing God Bless America. But it's, it's such this antithesis of a song like God Bless America. You know, it's not a song about how great, you know, how, how great you are because you're freaking American. You know, this is a song about what what people deserve, you know, and then what is yours and what's all of ours. And it's um it's a very powerful song if you listen to all of it, you know, beyond the one verse you learn in elementary school. And you have this song being the um the banner for for his message and his and and the movement that comes after it. And this is the motherfucker that starts this genre of music. And you, you really can't pick someone better for it. Yeah, um, totally. Yeah. I, Cause I'm, I wasn't a hundred percent familiar with Woody Guthrie other than like, you know, the handful of songs that people know from him. And so, you know, Chris didn't send us a fucking playlist this week. Didn't need to. It's fucking Woody Guthrie. <laughs> so yeah, I basically <laughs> just typed in Woody Guthrie into Spotify. And the first album that came up, is from uh, 2013, American Radical Patriot, and it's half interview, half him playing songs. It's three discs, or no, not, not even four discs, five discs. How fucking long is this album? Six discs, uh, and it's uh, <laughs> half interview, half him just playing music, and you, know, you guys both touch on it with his message and everything like that, and he starts off with. Um, you know, born in 1912 from Oklahoma and, you know, eventually he ended up kind of living the hobo life and ri- riding rails as he puts it in this album. But um, at one point they ask him what's his stance and what's his feeling on at the at the time, you know, because this is back in 1920s, 1930s, according to the interviewer, the Negro population. And I was like, that's kind of weird. Um, the guy's like, they're just human beings, you know, they, 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 they deserve everything that we have and we deserve everything they have. And we're all just here and, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then he also goes into great depth from being from Oklahoma about Indian tribes that live in the area and everything like that. So not only does his musical style and influences go on through generations, but his outspokenness and his, his you know, obviously his message is being passed on, but I mean, I guess artists of, you know, Dylan took it and adapted that message and that outspokenness and that everything towards his own political agenda and his own message. Well, and then... I think it, what's really, it's such a great point that you bring up there drawing the parallel because both artists uh, were very keen to stand by their beliefs. Yeah. However, neither of them, went out of their way to say that I am a figurehead for this. Yeah. I am I am the, the head of they this were just, movement. I'm a they were just there and this yeah, is what as, I feel products of their times. Yeah. And 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 Dylan uh I think you know is maybe more well known for that kind of having that immediate backlash to it because he was obviously the center of the folk revivalist movement. 
in the 60s. And they would try and say, like, well, you know, obviously you're anti this, you're pro this. And so he's like, man, I just write fucking songs, you know. And, like, obviously they're political songs and obviously they have a message. But he was just out there saying, like, you know, I think the music speaks for itself. You know, I'm not going to go out there and, and do this sort of thing. And Guthrie was very much the same way. Um, he was kind of a uh, a, a big uh, part of the communist um, scene before World War II. Um, but he was actually never a member of the party, and he would never go out and say everybody should be a fucking communist, you know, and, and things like that. But people wanted that out of him. They wanted to say that this is our guy. This is what he's standing for. He's speaking for us. And I don't think Guthrie would ever say, you know, like, no, I'm not speaking for anybody. <laughs> um, these yeah. are, this is just the songs that I'm writing. And I think there's a lot of um, respect that I have for people like like that. And I think it's a little different when you look at somebody like Pete Seeger, who I do enjoy and I do have a lot of respect for, but Pete Seeger kind of took it the other way. You know, he'd say, yeah, no, I'm doing this folk revivalist thing. You know, I was friends with Guthrie and no, I, I want to be the figurehead of these movements. I want to be out there at the, you know, at the marches and at the start of the parade saying like, no, this is what I represent. Um, so you do have like, these two types of artists and Guthrie was much more in the former. And I think that's it's, it's a very humbling thing to realize considering how absolutely important his music ended up being. I want to jump. I'm going to jump over a whole bunch. I want to get to the kind of like the end argument here. So you had Guthrie <laughs> um, uh, doing this uh, Dust Bowl style music and, and being outspoken and political as he was. And then we're, I guess we're going to use Dylan as the, the a, a main mid-focal point here in mirroring what Guthrie did, you know, 50 years prior or 40 years prior to him or anything like that. Do you think there could be another non-figurehead figurehead making music in today's society where they're just like, hey – I'm just making music. I don't care. I don't want to be that dude, but people are going to make him that dude. People are going to make him not necessarily the martyr, but they're going to make him that um, that person, that figurehead that we're going to you know rally behind. But they, it's almost like the role is thrust upon them. And then on top of that, you had folk music. Folk music. The folk music mu- movement is going to not. It's not going to be that huge now. It's going to have to be something different. So, do you see like an EDM artist doing this, or something EDM, else? But I mean, like hip hop. I think is a is a good. Um, hip hop is going to have. It's going to have to be hip hop. But I, it could be, yeah, maybe. Right. I think it is harder to do in the landscape that's out there now because because everyone's so, so outspoken about everything. Yeah, I, I think um, if you had somebody who was you know, kind of like uh, kind of rose to this sort of fame for being political and things like that. And then it, I, I don't think it's impossible. I do think it's, it's, it would be more difficult, but you're right. I mean, it would be, I think you're both, uh, I think we're on agreement or agreement rather. Sorry. Fucking English. Whatever. Nazis out there. <laughs> but do you think yeah, it's it just would, it would that music has like gotten that, so progressive that another person in this, style or in this archetype can exist right I, well oh go no no what are you saying 
I mean, things are things are so broad now, and there's so much available that wasn't available because of the internet, really. Um, where you you can find, uh, you know, no name of people who were throwing up their stuff on Bandcamp and and you know, um, SoundCloud and things like that. You can find whatever you want right now. You can seek that out, and but so in 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 one sense, everything is. A, Available to you. Everything's a mile wide. You know, you can. There's not. It's not dictated dictated by radio. You know what what you hear on the so, radio, what you can see on TV anymore. But at the same time, it's it's more segmented because you can just find your little your little corner of of the musical world and live in it. But there's then you have that sense of the universal. So it's 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 more accessible. And it's less likely to be the next big thing because you know there are there are 500 channels on television there's not three networks that you could get a you know see the beatles on or something or, or you know or whatever right. it is it's but it's, that's not to say that there there are still like popular artists out there though that are kind of universal so i would say like if you look at like say say history is rewritten and you know radiohead releases uh you know uh, what hell to the thief, right? And say it was just a little more subtle than that. Uh, say they were also just a little more popular at the time. Um, and they had an interview in which they said, wow, this is really a, a very big political statement from you guys. You know, if they turn around and said, no, man, we're just making music, I don't think that would be too far off base from what we're talking about. It wouldn't have the sort of gravity that Robert's talking about. There's yeah. not really... But I think... It's not impossible. I think if you had an artist that maybe had a couple albums out and they started releasing more very, you know, political or, or heavily, you know, um, heavily themed songs and things like that, to the point where, like, TMZ and shit were like, holy fuck, this person's, like, super political now. And if they maintained a position that, like, no, I'm just writing songs, you know, this is... I'm just writing songs like this, you know, and if that became their thing, it would, I think, parallel in a way. It's just I can't think of an artist off the top of my head that, that is doing that now, but I don't think it's well, that's going to be my next question. Something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just yeah. don't think uh, it's yeah, possible. I can't think of one that I don't I don't think it's impossible. I, I think given all of the variables that are out there, most of which John mentioned, it's it would be very, very challenging. Yeah. To okay. Yeah. Have, yeah. But not impossible. It'd be such a weird like, pyre sure. to jump on. <laughs> like it'd have to be like a niche, like a niche thing that they that they champion or campaign for, or something like that. Or, I think or also, things. It's... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I think also too that there's a lot less. I think uh, the atmosphere out there in the music world, I think, sort of breeds um, ownership over your ideas now you know yeah. in the way that maybe it did 40 years or so ago so that if you were to put out a, 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 a statement album so to speak you'd get interviewed and you'd say fuck yeah this is what i believe you know yeah. like fucking take this time you know i think people would be more artists would be more inclined to do that nowadays so i think maybe that's changed in the landscape of it um so there's a lot of things working against that i don't think okay. possible but maybe not totally necessary anyway well, I think too. I mean, the the only other thing could maybe have somebody who resonates universally like that is 
it, it would have to be somebody who was because the thing about Woody Guthrie to me is this is a man who lived it, spoke it, sang it. It was an yeah. outpouring of, a, of an overall worldview. And yeah. the only other thing that I think could maybe you'd have to have somebody who was that like um, um, intellectually pure about what they what they believed, and also not like you said, they're not out there be like i'm gonna be a rock star off of political messages it's just like i believe this this is what i'm expressing um you know that or the world's got to get to a point where there's it's so bad that you know everybody's gonna respond to it because right now i mean there's some awful stuff going on in the world today and you know we we're aware of it it's in our consciousness but it's not really effective in your daily life you go about your business you go to the grocery store you you watch tmz all day you know it's like (laughs) (laughs) it it it, you know until the if there's some kind of political change in the political environment to such a grand scale that that's going to resonate with with a a large group of the population then it may or may never happen true and i mean if you look at Guthrie's time or Dylan's time when, in which this was going on, like shit was really, really yeah. bad in America to a point where you have like these very um, definite moments in time where change is happening. Right. Um, and you look to an artist for something like that. And it, yeah, as bad as things are in the world right now, um, I mean, there, I don't think there's a situation in America uh that affects people on the level that, you know, the depression and the dust bowl did. Right. Right. So, exactly or, point, um, yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, I, again, not impossible, but not something that's happened really since. And probably, yeah, without some sort of major catalyst, something that would happen in the near future, which isn't a bad thing. <laughs> oh, so for, for Woody Guthrie, too, I mean, you have um, – we kind of talked about him as the grandfather of all of this and, and the influencer. But then you have uh, – it's just a freaking musical family, you know, after, afterwards. Yeah. You have Arlo Guthrie afterwards, um, Sarah Lee Guthrie, who I, yeah. I particularly enjoy. Um, you know, she and her husband had a, a good album, I think, in 2013. I went to college uh, with someone Guthrie. named Eric Guthrie. Does that count? No. I, I went to elementary school with a guy named Joel Guthrie. And, and, I actually and his mom was my Lee kindergarten Guthrie teacher. Once. You did? Yep. Oh. It was one of the nicest five-minute conversations I've ever had. I uh, I couldn't really find words. <laughs> but she was she was super nice. <laughs> Where'd you meet her? Intuit. Really? Wait, what's happening? Yep. Yep. What? Yeah, I don't think I ever told you. Apparently not. Yeah, man. She called in once. For what, like 1099 support? <laughs> Something like that, yeah. I was like, Sarah Lee Guthrie, that sounds familiar. She's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh my god. I geeked out and it was really sad. But it was, it was she was down there, so it was real nice. I had so that's my chances. little claim to claim to fame there. I had two chances to geek out, but it was not with any artist directly. It was when when I discovered that um, um, what's their name, Bonnie Bear, 
Yeah. Devo. Bunny Bear and the National. Had, yeah. Had, <laughs> had, I, I didn't talk to them, but I talked to like their manager or somebody who needed help with something. Fun times. Outside of Sarah Lee, I talked to Reddit. That was about it. You talked to what? Uh, Reddit. The people who do payroll for Reddit. I'm on oh, Reddit nice. right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's you know they're just they're just people. Not just... Sarah Lee though. She was special. <laughs> well, and and then of course Did she you gave you a full pie. swing. <laughs> no. No. I got a pass. Got a pass it on that call. <laughs> um, it was just a, does it like Sarah? Yeah, so Sarah Lee Guthrie and and um, I can't remember her husband's name, Johnny something. Um, they had they had their album out in, in 2013, uh, West Way, and uh, produced by Jeff Tweedy. Yeah, who Fucking... is is a um, well, I mean Robert, of course you know about all the Wilco albums dedicated to Woody Guthrie lyrics, right? Can we go oh, no, one that, episode without bringing that, up fucking Tweety? No, <laughs> no. Because I think actually never we probably should. There's a good. There is a good story about it. Um, the Mermaid Avenue series of albums. Um, so Woody Guthrie, uh, Huntington's disease. Um, really, his mother had it, died of it. Turns out he ended up getting it. It was pretty bad. He couldn't play guitar after a while. Um, he was hospitalized for the last ten or fifteen years of his life. And it's hard to deal with people who have Huntington's disease really tragically. Like, they don't have muscle control, but they also have trouble controlling their emotions and speaking and things like that. So the last 10 years of his life, so he didn't have a lot of visitors. This is right when Dylan hitchhiked out to New York and decided, he's like, holy fuck, my all-time hero and musical influence and reason I'm playing music is in a hospital in Queens. Um, so he would spend all the time he could just at his bedside hanging out talking getting advice what he could out of him and uh there was and this is um if for anybody who's wondering where i'm what my reference is here what my citation is this is out of uh bob dylan's uh chronicles volume one that he released but he uh there was a day towards the end there where um woody guthrie's like yeah i used to live on mermaid avenue i wrote a bunch lot of lot of hundreds of songs that I just never recorded. You can have them. And Dylan's like, all right, good enough for me. So he like walks over <laughs> to to where Woody's uh Guthrie's family lives, where Woody said these these uh boxes of, you know, unfinished songs are. He like trenches through the swamp to get there or whatever and knocks on the door and <laughs> his niece answers and Dylan's like, Hey, I'm here for all the songs. And they're like, get the fuck off our property. <laughs> like, our, like when he's in the hospital, he's probably not coherent. You have no business being here. Go away. Dylan's like, all right. And just walks away. And then, um, all right. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, I'm gonna go. Next, <laughs> he puts on his hat, and uh, the next line in the in the book is that he's like, and then I guess you know some years later, this boy's from a band called Wilco, and a guy named Billy Bragg got those songs. And now they do them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, um, the uh, surviving members, you know, the, the folks uh, who 
had the rights to his effects. Um, worked out something with some record deal, and eventually uh, Tweedy and Wilco and a British folk artist, Billy Bragg, got in the mix, and they got the rights to do their interpretations and record all these. Not all of these, but uh, three volumes worth of, of songs, and some of them are just absolutely beautiful, and really, really, really great. And I was thinking, like, there's... Actually, I wasn't thinking. I had a, a really good conversation with my um, Sacramento friend, Mike, uh, a long time ago. It was like, can you imagine listening to... Um, there's a song on the first album called uh, At My Window, Sad and Lonely. Oh, my gosh. That's like, one I was going to mention. Yeah. Yeah, and it's so great. Like, can you imagine Dylan doing a version of that? Like, <laughs> probably. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it probably wouldn't be as good. <laughs> now, do you like the full band version of that song or the Jeff Tweedy solo version of that song that I they like had both, as a B-side? Yeah, no, I, I like both. But uh, obviously the Tweedy solo version is, is, oh, it's, is it's yeah. so good. But it's, you know, it's I, I think it all turned out very well. But, um, I mean, Guthrie wrote so much. You know, I'm glad this stuff saw light in some form or another. And I was, I'm glad it's from an artist that I enjoy, but um, just on his own, on the on between the Dust Bowl ballad recordings and the Ash recordings and, and everything else, you have hundreds of songs in his um, in his, his uh, archive there. You know, and kind of what Robert and I were talking about prior to recording is. It's just that sound, you know, you can listen to, you know, 20 songs or 40 songs or 60 songs and it's, and it's, they all kind of have a feel about them, you know, and they, they kind of have this universal sort of tangible feeling that, you know, you can listen to, you know, 150 of them and, you know, know them all by heart and know all their nuances and differences, or you can't, and I think you could still get the same kind of appreciation out of it. Yeah. I mean, that, that says it all. <laughs> so, yeah. What do you got, three? Pretty good. Uh, also, his kidding. father was a member of the KKK. Well, that's that not good. There. It's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, that is. Like you grow up, Very. right? Considering, you know, what he... And I mean, more more proof, you know, and more respect, you know, to someone who grows up in that sort of household. Uh, especially considering his mother's medical condition, your father's this terrible, fucking awful racist, apparently. That's probably not. <laughs> There's probably more to him than that. But he's a member of the KKK, so he doesn't deserve any more words than that. But if you grow up in this environment, especially, you know, in Oklahoma, and in a time where segregation is big, and you come out of it with just a humble, firm belief in what's right, you know, and it's um, it's just, it, it, if nothing else, inspiring. Damn right. <laughs> Word. Uh, I was going to say, do we want to uh, hand out Dinosaur Juniors or? Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, someone else go. I will go first because it's my pick. I mean, I can't do nothing but 10 out of 10 Dinosaur Juniors. Um, I give him 100 out of 100 Woody Guthrie's, you know. <laughs> 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 
invented a you know and 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 defined a genre of, of music that is so prevalent and uh transcendental that it's uh, it's its own thing so he gets his own category in my mind in which he wins that award but if we're doing dinosaur juniors it's 10 out of 10 yeah you know i was gonna say um he's one of these these artists that i can't even say that i like really love his music or you know he's got a great voice or the, the lyrics are just awesome where like i would for somebody like kind of an artist you know it's it's more of a just honor and respect for how how much meaning he has regardless of like or dislike you know um so i will i will again say 10 out of 10 dinosaur juniors and um two dylans and a tweety <laughs> Uh, at this point, if I don't give him anything less than ten out of ten, um, I would be an asshole. So, <laughs> ten out of ten, dinosaur juniors, and throw on some clever shit like the rest of you guys did. All right, fair enough. And a Carter family. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. and for most Fs. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for your help. There you go. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So everybody go listen to what you got through because you need to. Um, what are we at now? Um, time to talk about music. What, that have, we uh, what to. have we been listening to lately? I will start again because <laughs> I have the right. There's a father's right. Took them right out of my hands. What are you quoting? Walt. Um, Walt. Oh no! <laughs> Just uh, no. he's on Constantine now. Have you watched Constantine? No. It's actually it's 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 pretty decent. What Harold Harold Perrineau is? Yeah. He's a he's a very good actor. He is, and it's actually a pretty damn decent show. Um, I don't know if it's something that you actually have to like. It's must see TV, but uh, if you have like a Hulu or if you DVR it, I definitely recommend watching Constantine. Save it for your podcast, man. Save it for your podcast. Fucking save we'll it for the podcast about television. But um, I was talking about this last week, but uh, Brandy Carlisle, I guess her album. Yes, she's awesome. Ever. She's awesome, and this album is fucking good. I listened to it today uh, all the way through, and man, it is. <laughs> it is very I haven't heard good. it yet. Yeah, check it out, man. It is. I'm putting it in my playlist for good. the Fire Watcher's daughter. Cool. Yep, that's the one. Yeah, and it's. Um, I think there's maybe one or two tracks on there. I'm okay skipping, you know, that are just good, but you know, not anything real special i want to say like the first four tracks in a row are just like kick you in the face solid good times it's got a real real collected sound about it um yeah i was i was super impressed listening to it today um outside of that last tuesday i don't know if i mentioned it though um it's kind of weird because it's not like it hasn't really blown me away yet but and, and maybe it won't but um one of my favorite uh, Japanese artists, uh, Nobuo Uematsu, um, collaborated with a London 
Philharmonic Orchestra and a couple of uh, dudes who arrange music to do sort of 20 or so minute suites of uh, different um, tracks he's composed. And I, it's called Final Symphony, and it's, it's good, but it's got kind of this neoclassical sense about it that I don't know if it rubs me the wrong way, but it doesn't really sell me. So I've been listening mm-hmm. to a lot of that, trying to stand. Hey, I'll be right a, back, guys. All right. Uh, stand from a vantage where I can get an appreciation for what it's doing. Because um, it is very technically complex and it is very well put together. But I think it's it just loses a little of of the natural emotion that's usually I, I associate with that composer. So I've been listening to that, too. And then um, I think that's been it for me lately. I've been going back and listening to um, Dr. Dog, um, their 2013 album. I, my friend Eric sent me a, a clip of a, of a track, and I, I'm not familiar with them at all. I basically know nothing about them, but uh, I dug it, so I've been listening to them a little bit. Um, Another and I like it. It's good stuff, I guess. Um, another one I've been listening to lately is um, it's actually a local band called Flocks and the Lookout. Yeah, um, it's a friend of mine's younger sister and her husband started a group together. Oh, uh, and so they're they're the music's pretty good. I, I it's it's very lush. And just when you think it's going to side on boring, they do something cool. So I, I, I dig it. Um, I sent you it on Spotify a while back. I, yeah, I know you I, you did. And you should see like my inbox on Spotify. Um, it's like 102 yeah. unlistened to things. And yeah. one of these days, I'm going to listen to all. I'm just going to make a playlist of everything I haven't listened to. I'm gonna listen to. Yeah. No, it's good stuff. And, and um, I've, I've met... Um, Hannah, the 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 one singer um, before, and she's she's pretty cool. And their their whole family is just um, these amazing creative, either art you know with art or music or um, you know just they're 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 great great people. So um, I, I I dig their music, and then I've been just writing music. So I've been working on a lot no, of doesn't stuff. Doesn't really count. Doesn't really count. It's new. <laughs> I'm listening to it. <sighs> uh huh. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's, that's um, that. Also, yeah. Oh, I forgot. I actually I checked out a few uh, tracks by um, Ingrid Michaelson, who I don't remember if we were talking about her after we stopped recording last week or during the podcast. But um, she came up on my suggestion thing. Um, Spotify, and I've checked out a few tracks, and it's definitely more lyrical than like Brandy Carlisle. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a little more sense of theater, but um, the few tracks I heard were were pretty good. I was intrigued enough. I'm gonna think I'm gonna check out more of her her thing. It's definitely a different sound than what I was expecting, but it was um, but it was it was enough to make me want to go and, and check out a, a few more things at least of what she's done. Yeah, I, I, that's another one I don't know that much about, so I'll, I'll have to check her out, too. Yeah. I wonder if Robert's back yet. 
And we'll throw it to Robert. Robert, it's all you. Robert, you're on. I'm going to throw it on over to Robert. Everybody give a big hand for Robert. (laughs) I should have done the slow clap. He's he's never coming back. <laughs> no. He's not. That's, that's fine. I'm actually going through my um, thing to see if I'm missing anyone I've been listening to lately. Yeah, I think I already talked about the new Death Cab song last last week. So You did. I talked about Black Prairie last week. I've, I've since gone through and listened to that um, Fortune album twice now. And it's still pretty good. Although I want to say only maybe half of it's really solid. But it's 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 pretty well checking out. I've listened to a bunch of I've listened to all the new Kanye West songs that have surfaced. Um I'm just not feeling it. And they're they're all kind of weird and different, and they're not they're not necessarily hip hop either. Mm. Um yeah, one of them is just a, a track where Paul McCartney's playing like the organ, and he's auto-tuned singing over it. Well, that um, sounds fucking terrible. It's not bad. It's just, I... it just it, it's 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 really not that bad. But it does it does nothing to me. it does nothing for me. It does absolutely nothing for me. His new track with Rihanna and Paul McCartney is Rihanna. Re 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 re. Um, is 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 okay? It's it's a good pop song, but again, it does nothing for me. And I listened to uh, the new one all day, and I got through about a minute and a half of it, and I was like, you know what? No, I I just uh, yeah. I at first I was a huge Kanye West fan up until about two thousand eight, um, and then just kind of you know. There's been different moments that I've I've picked back up on, but the last last album, bleh, um, nothing's nothing's hitting me on that. So I'm I'm trying. I'm at least keeping an open mind. No, and and you get you get points for that. You know, I mean, I I guess you know I'm I'm not at a point where I feel compelled to use my time to check out whatever new thing Kanye is doing. Nor should you. <laughs> oh, the other one is, I think I already brought it up that it was out there, but the new Sufjan, Sufjan Stevens there you go. track. Thank you. <laughs> Ed Shernan. <laughs> no, but I think I, I think I talked about last week, but this week that, that song has just been, I think one day I listened to it on Spotify like eight times in a row. Just on loop because I, I really like it. it's only two and a half minutes long, so it's a short song, and it, it, it when you listen to it on loop, it's almost like there's a slight um, dip in the song and then it starts over because it's this there's no chorus it's just mm. four verses and it's beautiful and it's haunting and it gave me the feels and you know i i i i really dig that song so i'm i'm anxious to hear his new album cuz so when does that drop i don't know what don't friday know. will that come out on i i don't know <laughs> um however 
I, I, I think it's fairly soon, March or April. I don't know, but um, it's it's just very. Um, it's almost felt like a return to form after kind of his dabbling in electronic stuff, like on his last mm-hmm. few releases, uh, which which I I appreciated, but never really cared about that much. Yeah, no, and I'll agree. Um, I've been kind of out of the loop on Sufjan Stevens for for a bit, mostly yeah, just because that was the trend it was going. It's kind of like, you know, like with Beck, you know, when he was releasing his experimental electronic stuff uh, with, uh, oh, God. The information? Guero and Yeah, and the information. It, and it's like, you know, I can appreciate what you're doing here, but, like, it kind of geared me more away from him than yeah. drew me to him. I'm like, all right, Sufjan, I see where you're going with this. I'm going to go hang out with Sam Beam and Iron and Wine for a little bit, and then I'll catch back up with you later. So, I finally listened to that Iron and Wine album that they released like two years ago. It's good. It is good, it's actually. really good. It's really good. That was, I mean, there's so many songs on You're talking about Ghost on Ghost? Ghost on Ghost, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, I've, I've always liked Iron and Wine songs. That's the first album that I liked pretty much all the way through. Hmm. I, I, I'm I'm a big fan, but I've I've never I've been a kind of pick and choose songs I like and songs I skip, and I you know, I could probably make a great mega mix out of out of Iron and Wine songs, but you know that's a great great track, great track, great record. There you go. <laughs> um, did we read this? Uh fan mail from Corey yet on the air no no let's do that oh um hey everybody it's time for fan mail blink <laughs> i gotta find it now <laughs> oh. i have it up. shazam i can read it okay <clears throat> this one comes from Corey kupish kupish Corey kupish italian so offending our only fans. Um, <laughs> it's, it's like, wait, it's like John Oates being Italian. <laughs> Some sort of havesy. <laughs> and he writes, hey guys, big fan, long time listener, first time emailer. I go all the way back to your last hip hop Wednesday. I have a question for you gentlemen. Do you think the Hamburglar's parents were disappointed that their son wasn't more like a normal burglar? What's your son in jail for? Ah, stealing burgers. No, no, he had plenty to eat. We don't know where he went wrong. So thank you, Corey, for your um, question. Um, yeah, I, I think his parents, uh, if they were still alive, would be disappointed. I'd like to think that they died um, before he turned to his life of crime. Um, maybe in some sort of maybe of starvation, you know. So I've always kind of viewed the Hamburglar as kind of like a Robin Hood type. You know, he's stealing food to I, uh, to avenge, yeah. you know, the ills of society. I, I think that the question presupposes that um, the Hamburglar's parents also were burglars. Right. But, also, but, which I think is bullshit, by the way, Corey. Yeah, they could have been like... You know, you know, 
Henry and Pete and and um, Priscilla, you know, Hammerschmidt. I don't know, and you know, a, a, a banker and you know, a church secretary. Yeah, and then they just had this this dude that that um, you know decided to wear jail clothing, a weird hat and bandana, or you know, um, not bandana. What is that thing called that covers your eyes? Oh, like a that mask. thing. Like Thank you. Is that, yeah. I was thinking mask. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking bandana, but that's not quite right. <laughs> you know, and he would just kind of comically pilfer hamburgers for a living. And, yeah. you know, I mean, it's not unlike um, the guy from Popeye that would just pay, gladly pay you on Tuesday for a hamburger today. Oh, what was his name? Wimpy. Wimpy, yes. You know he was never paying those those poor jerks that were giving him hamburgers. So yeah. he, he he basically was was stealing burgers from people just you know slowly and less offensively than than this cartoon character who comes right. out. Yeah, well, just, that's why I always would support the hamburger over Wimpy because Wimpy was like this product of um, socialism. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> You know, the welfare system, you know, uh, whereas the Hamburglar was the opposite of that. He saw, you know, the brokenness of society, the brokenness of the economy, and his solution to it was to take matters into his own hands and not just steal for himself, for his own good, but for the greater good, um, not unlike Woody Guthrie. Ah. Uh... The more you know. So thank you, Corey, for your question. It was really, um, I don't think, very well thought out. But I hope we answered it, um, you know, and you know, so that we never get it again. Well, we, we certainly answered it. <laughs> so there you have it. Uh, we lost our one Slovenia listener. <laughs> so, it, but if you'd like to write us fan mail, send yes. us an email at staticindistortion at gmail dot com, and it'll come right to my phone. Yeah, I got it. I got it to my phone. I was like, I don't fucking know what this is. And I turned off my phone. Hey, sorry. You're kind of late. Robert. Yeah, we kind of wrapped just went up through our fan mail. That's fine. We're done. Okay. You have like thirty seconds to tell us what you've been listening to. Or just starting or just now. Get the hell out. I'm gonna get the hell out. No. All right, bye. <laughs> that was great. That was sad. <laughs> Something really bad happened to him in the break there, and we just did not have any sort of sympathy for it. But it's I think okay. he's still on the call, though. Oh, I'm still here. Oh, yeah, he, he just that's a dick. I'm I've just muted myself. So <laughs> I'm Robert for Static and Distortion. Bye. <laughs> I've been John. I've been Chris. Join us next week. Uh, who are we talking about next week? Robert's pick. Oh yeah, who did he pick? Um, Zappa. All right, I'm gonna need a playlist for that. Yeah, me too, because I've never listened to him. I've, I'm only aware of him through media, but not through music.
So I'm sure we'll get a playlist. I'm sure we'll post it on the thing. Everybody can check it out and then write us fan mail about the hamburger. So it'll be great. Um, yes, thank you everyone for tuning in. Uh, we will see you when we see you. Until then, keep it keep it cool. Hey everybody, our show's done. You can find the Static Podcast on the iTunes Music Store or at staticanddistortion.wordpress.com. Like us on Facebook at Static and Distortion and follow us on Twitter at Static Distort.